I think the idea of self-care, and I hope what everyone gets from this is that self-care isn't just about making yourself feel good and making like yourself happy in the moment. It's really a way to honor who you are and really what you value and what you want out of your life. It's almost like a message you're sending to yourself. Like I'm important enough. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. I'm Sarah Lee Kane. And I'm Garrett Philbin. We want to give you a space to explore your relationship with money, the guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear. No topic is taboo. In this episode, we chat about self-care and how that translates to our finances. We cover the myths and misconceptions of what self-care is and how it's not about just treating yourself. We also talk about the costs of not incorporating a self-care routine and what we can do to take care of ourselves even on a limited time schedule. Now, Garrett and I are pretty obsessed with books and they've had a massive impact on our financial lives. And one of those books is Your Money or Your Life, which is about identifying the true cost of your lifestyle and empowering you to use money in a way that creates the life you want. Here's the good news. You can read it for free. Okay, technically not reading. I counted as reading, even though it's an audiobook. Now, right now, you can get two free audiobooks by signing up for a free trial of Audible. You'll get a free 30-day trial, and you can cancel any time before that, and you won't get charged. And you'll get to keep the two books absolutely free. Now, if you do decide to stay on, memberships start at $15 a month, which includes one audiobook a month, plus a 30% discount on additional ones. To start your free trial and to grab those two free audiobooks, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co backslash audible. That's www.beyondthedollar.co backslash A-U-D-I-B-L-E. To check out resources we shared in this episode, including the guide to using your values in your financial decisions, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co. Get ready, grab a seat, and let's go Beyond the Dollar. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Garrett. <laughs> Every time I get to do the lead into the episode, that's just how I'm going to do it. It's not going to ever change. It's just way too much fun. The look that you have on the other side of the camera is just like, uh, again. Yep. I know. I always say welcome again. to be on the dollar with our guest. So, you know, it's the same thing, I guess. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about self-care and finances. And why are we talking about this right now? So pretty timely topic, even though we had decided on this, I think a while back. So I had a little bit of a meltdown last week, I think a week and a half ago. I've been really pushing myself hard in the business, or I reached my income goal and I was just so exhausted. I mean, I'm always on the go, right? Like I don't work full-time. I still work part-time hours, but I was it's a lot of mental bandwidth to be thinking about kid, husband, friends, other obligations, work. And so I think I was just so tired that I just started crying. My husband consoles me in the best way he can by being sarcastic and then, you know, still could, and being very nice about it. But I realized that I wasn't taking care of myself. And then when I was going back through my bullet journal and my Asana tasks, so it's a project management software that I did not do yoga for the last... I think two months. And that is like almost a non-negotiable for me every single morning. And so I think I did it once 
but that was about it. And so I was like, oh man, like I did not take care of my body. I did not, like I meditated, but it wasn't like, it was very on and off. It wasn't very regular, like my usual kind of routine. And so I was like, okay, I really have to just prioritize myself right now. What about you? Well, it's funny. The first thing that we had on our outline for this was that self-care needs to be a requirement, not a reward. And so interesting how when you were looking back and seeing what it is that's important for you to do, which is yoga, that like that did not happen. And as a result, like you went into the space where you had that meltdown, where you really were just overwhelmed. And so I think that's just, again, a great example or kind of tie-in that you can't wait until you have enough time or when things are in the right place to be able to do that or else you will hit a wall at some point in time. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be the next week, but like it will happen. Yes, and it it definitely happened for me, so. <laughs> well, how does self-care look for you? Because you said, you know, you meditate, but that it was really yoga that it sounds like is something that's really important to you. So I'm curious as to how you define self-care for yourself. So self-care is really just a way for me <laughs> sounds like a very cliche answer, but a way to take care of myself. It's a way to give myself me time. And I'm not talking about like bubble baths. I hate those things. But it's really just a way for me to get very present and just to have like quiet time because I'm such an introvert. I love and crave my quiet time. It's very difficult to get that when you have a toddler, right? So I do that whenever he's asleep. Typically, my husband's still sleeping when I do yoga, so it's I just really feel like I'm by myself in a room doing yoga for an hour, and I just feel really good because exercise is really good for you. I think endorphins, is that the, the term? Yeah. Sure. I went to school for music business. I'll pretend I'm a doctor <laughs> for a second. It's endorphins, totally. <laughs> gotcha. So what about you, Garrett? Going back to my question, like, what about you? Why is self-care so timely for you now? Well, I'll actually deflect that question and go into answering what self-care looks like for me because I'm just in a saucy mood today. You know, self-care for me is what I need to do to actually like get back to who I really am. So I have in starting this business and in starting the music production company with two friends before Be Awesome Not Broke, I was kind of a different person, if you will. I didn't have necessarily as structured of a way of being. I became someone who is able to do like project management type tasks to be able to go through and make sure that I do A, B, C, D in that order, check it off. But that's not who I naturally am. And so over the time, I've been able to gain these skills and kind of adjust who I am to be able to fit where I am and what I need to be doing but it isn't always naturally me. And so self-care to me is saying, okay, how do I acknowledge, how do I give myself time, space activities that will help me? Like I took the disc profile test, which is like a personality type test. And I scored, so there are four different things, the DISC that you can score on. You take a test out of 24 with this specific one. And I scored, I think, 21 out of 24 for I, which is like inspire, which is people person, loves to be out there. Sarah's nodding her head like, duh, not surprising. But I have, in the work that I've done, forced myself to kind of acquire other characteristics, more of the D, more of the C, which is like detail oriented. But that's not who I naturally am. And I think if I try to be too much of who I am not, then I get to a place where 
I'm not feeling in the way that I want to be feeling. I'm not present in my body the way that I want to be. I'm not as mindful of others. And so it's really important for me. Self-care helps me get back to what I am. And for me, it's really feeling in my body. If I don't do self-care, I really stay in my head and get disconnected from what I'm actually feeling. And if I'm not feeling, then Houston, we have a problem. Sounds like you're hinting at there's some shifts in the business that you are currently making right now. Is that correct? She's good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in this place of discovering what I want to be saying yes to and what I want to be saying no to, because I, kind of like you, Sarah, have taken on so many different things to reach a goal, reach a goal, reach a goal. And yet now I'm realizing I've said yes to a lot of things out of fear or feeling that I needed to do them. I should do them. And yet trying to do all these different things keeps me from showing up in a way that I think would actually be even more effective. That keeps me from showing up exactly as who I am. It's like big goofy ass personality inspire person. And that doesn't work. And so I think cutting back on what I've said yes to is going to be very important to allow me to show up in a way that is most authentically as who I am. So how would you say to someone who's not an entrepreneur, isn't a nine to five, how can self-care help them in terms of their work or even their financial life? Ooh, yikes. Good question. I think, I mean, it goes honestly for anyone in that when you are able to be more present to what you want and ultimately what you need, I think by us keeping ourselves busy, whether that's in your nine to five job, whether that's an entrepreneur, certainly for me, I'll speak for myself. I keep myself busy And that keeps me from really feeling what isn't working in my life. And that can allow me to plow ahead and not listen to the voice that says, "Uh, this isn't working, dude. This isn't working. And I'm like, shh, I'm working here. I'm not going to listen to you now because it can be scary to look at what's not going on. So for someone who is, you know, to answer your question, I think it's, you have to give like that first bullet point that we have, like it's a requirement. You have to do this because if you don't, you will go down paths that don't serve you, that you ultimately don't want, and you won't give yourself the time to listen to that voice. And so you can find yourself 5, 10, 15 years down the road in a place you don't want to be, not enjoying what you're doing. And that's scary as shit for me. So realizing that I don't want to do that for myself. And so specifically for financials, if you take that time and space for yourself, you can realize, do I want to be in this job I'm working my butt off for because I think I need money, but is that actually important to me? And would I rather cut down on work, sell my house, get a smaller house and have more time with my kids? Or what about I save up enough to downsize my house or sell my house and then travel the country for three to six months? Like You then have the space to get really present to what's important to you and decide is what I'm doing right now financially working for me or not? And then make a proactive and conscious choice to do something potentially different. I don't know. What would your suggestion be? I'd say first, I love that because I'm quite vocal about the myth of self-care, especially for females. It's a lot of, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm going to go get a manicure or I'm going to go get my hair done, you know, things like that. And nothing wrong with that, but that's not the goal to get a manicure like what's the goal in going right or what's the end result what do you want to feel and it's maybe to feel more present to feel like you can carve out time for yourself to give yourself space to relax be with your own thoughts as someone is scrubbing your feet (laughs) you know so i just want to get that out of the way i think so something i just recently did and i feel like such a big girl like i'm this is like just 
threw a really big check at this person. Uh, not literally threw, but I handed just handed nicely. Yeah, handed it nicely over virtually. <laughs> was I hired a accountant? So that to me is an act of self care. You know, going back to the I'm taking too many things on. My mental bandwidth is at its max. I am not an expert in tax matters. Now, if you had a you know W-2 job and then that was pretty much it, you can file your own taxes. Fairly simple, right? Talking about US taxes. But my tax situation is a slightly more complicated, not to get too thick into the weeds. There's different tax deductions now and all of that. And so is it worth it for me to get so stressed out trying to save money, trying to research all these tax laws? Or should I just hire somebody who's on my side, who I've specifically hired to help me with this, and it'll save me so much time and energy, and I know that I can still save money. So like that act of self-care is going to reap its rewards financially and mentally, because I don't have to, not that I don't have to think about it. I don't want to say like not think about it, but I don't have to think about it in the way that I would have if I did my own taxes. Hmm. I like that you were able to do that even in the same space or during the same time when you said, I had my breakdown. And if you can go back and kind of replay why you didn't do yoga, why you didn't prioritize for the last two months, like what were some of the reasons, some of the stories that were going on in your head that allowed you to deprioritize this thing that's very important to you? I know there's a term for this. And if I remember it before the end of this episode, I will say it. But I believe it was Gretchen Rubin in the, I think it was called The Four Tendency. She wrote about it in that book. So it was like, you know how sometimes when you make an excuse or you make an exception for something like, oh, it's Halloween, I'll have a piece of candy. And then you end up having like a whole bucket and you steal your son's candy because you really want a Milky Way. Like that. Not, not that you did that. No, but, I know, didn't. Hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically, right? <laughs> and so. Near the end of the year, I have a bunch of conferences I go to. So one of the biggest ones is FinCon, which Gary and I were at in, in a couple months ago. And so I always take that week off because it's kind of for me, it's really, I don't want to say stressful. It takes a lot of my energy. Again, like 2000 people going to this conference. I'm a major introvert. It requires a lot of my energy to be present and having conversations and doing all of that at a conference. And so I crammed all this work in two weeks so that I gave myself space to like go to the conference, to recuperate, come from the conference. And so cramming a month worth of work into two weeks is insane, <laughs> but I'm a type A, as you can tell. And so I kind of justified like, oh, I'm going to this conference. I can work over the weekends. Oh, I'm going to this conference. I can pull in a 12 hour day today because I'm going to take two weeks off. And so I kept giving myself these exceptions. And so when I came back from the conference, I was like, oh, I need to catch up from work. I can work on a Saturday. And so it just it just snowballed to I'm working every single day. I didn't work all day every day, but I worked every single day. Right? didn't give myself time to step away from the business. And yeah, then, you know, not, I don't want to say breakdown. Maybe that's a little too dramatic. The crying ensued. Let's just say I cried a lot. <laughs> So not honoring the boundaries that you set up for yourself to be able to take care of yourself. So what I heard you just were like, nope, those are falling by the wayside. I'm not honoring them. Yeah. And now that kind of had that very nice conversation with my husband and I just really was looking at the numbers and gave myself space. I was like, I can ease back a little bit. I don't have to go so crazy. I 
finally implemented the no working on weekends rule. Although tomorrow I am looking at some personal budgeting stuff that's a little bit different. The business stuff, I'm like, no, no, no. Like there's no, I'm not even turning on my computer, anything like that. So That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to talk a little bit more practical stuff of self-care. I think we got like really great stuff about what happens when we don't do self-care, like more kind of the higher level stuff. Like what would you say to someone who came to you and said, I have no idea what self-care is. Like what are some things I can do? Hmm. Well, I'm always someone who goes back to values and what's important to you. So yeah, that's why I like to spend so much time there. I mean, I would... So first, again, to go high level, just like what is working for you and what isn't working for you. I'd also ask them what they like to do. You know, what is it that, what rejuvenates them? So what are the things that if they didn't feel stressed for time, if they didn't feel stressed for money, like what are the things that light them up, that make them feel light, that bring them energy back? And, you know, it's one thing to be able to have them come up with what those things are and be really excited. It's another thing to then also implement them. And so you know, that's, I think, where a lot of it breaks down, which is what you spoke really well to, which is how we start to make exceptions. And so we'll say, you know what, you know, for me, it's like, I want to go hiking at least once a week. And then, you know, if I don't plan it at the beginning of the week, then it's, oh man, well, I have a couple of things after work and well, it'd be really hard to fit it in now. And so I think, yeah, part of it is giving people really practical tips and helping them understand what those things are, but then also you know, the systems for setting it up and saying like how it can be sabotaged. And so lack of boundaries, letting other things creep in, not planning ahead of time. Those are some of the things that I think it can be equally as important to look at. It's just not what to do, but what can get in the way of that. Do you have anything to add on that or things that would be helpful from a practical standpoint? Oh, I really like that. I was just curious about you, like when have you set up boundaries and then sort of deprioritize them and what was the result of that? <laughs> Well, yeah, like I have said, okay, I want to take some time for vacation and actually take a vacation, but I have done a very poor job of actually following through and doing that. For some reason, I justify in my mind that traveling for business or doing professional development is vacation. So I will pay, I won't bat an eye paying for FinCon, you know, going to that conference or paying for any type of conference or professional development or personal development. And I very easily justify the time and the money. But when it comes to saying, oh, let me set aside a week to do no work and just take time off. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't do that. I don't have the time for that. <laughs> it's like, dude, you just justified like two weeks of conferences in the past month and a half. Uh, <laughs> so there's definitely, yeah, that was like the- I like that I sound effect. What, yeah. Burr. Uh, and so that's definitely stuff that I'm still working through. And there, it's funny for like Christmas, I can justify it for the holidays. Like, oh yeah, I'll take that time off. But any time in between there, it is really hard for me. And I think, you know, I've gotten better at like doing hikes once a week. And for me, what's helped is setting out, like really getting when I'm planning out the week to be like, here's the time period I'm going to do it. But I haven't done that for vacations. I haven't looked months and months ahead and say, here's where I want to go. Here's the time that I want to do it. So I haven't done a very good job of the planning. And I think for me, that's where the breakdown is really happening right now and where I'm deprioritizing. I'm going to get really meta on you. Do Can it, you plan it. to plan for the vacation? <laughs> just gonna, that's just going to be the standard sound effect from here on out. I mean, 
I really do. I think there needs to be something for me. I need to have stuff in the calendar or in Asana to remind me. And so as ridiculous as it sounds, being like, dude, when are you taking a day off? And maybe once a month, just having that reminder or putting it in the calendar of like blocking off four hours, whether on a weekend or during a work day, just be like, plan you shit out because if you don't like you aren't taking care of yourself and you need this to be able to come back to the business refreshed and to better serve the people who you're out there wanting to help. Yeah. And if you're going back to the mental bandwidth, like if you're too tired, you're not present, you're too distracted, you will make mistakes. Like I've made mistakes in my work quite a few times, right? Thank goodness they're not anything like major, but it's still embarrassing to like submit something to a client or forget a phone call, which I've done very early on when I was still side hustling. Like it's really embarrassing for those things to happen and it will affect your reputation. It will affect your paycheck, right? And and mm-hmm. future paychecks, not to get so dramatic, but your reputation can precede you in the professional world, right? It could even affect your relationships. Like let's say you get too stressed and you take it out on somebody. Like that could really affect the next time that you meet that person, how they interact with you. Maybe they're gonna invite you out less to things. You know, like it it kind of bleeds into like almost not just your financial life, but it can definitely your personal life and, and other aspects as well. You know, specifically for entrepreneurs, time does not, equal money in a like one-to-one ratio. So it's like the harder you work doesn't mean the more money that you make. And so I have found for myself that I will keep myself really busy if, you know, if I don't set aside time to take care of myself and I'll feel that busyness is good, but actually I'm doing things that don't move my business forward or incrementally move it forward versus stepping back and having the mental bandwidth sometimes to say, yeah, but if I just did these one or two things, right? If I went back and reached out to all the people who have ever gotten in touch with me from my business and did that, isn't that so much easier than trying to find new clients out of the blue? Duh. But why did it take me so long to do that? Because I've said yes to so many different things I feel like I have to do or should do that it's men I haven't been able to be present to the things that are most effective. And I really think taking the time, again, from a self-care perspective to get centered, to feel calm, can be so valuable for anyone, but really for entrepreneurs and people where it's not like a direct correlation between time and money if you aren't working for a specifically like hourly rate or you know annual salary. I'm curious to hear what you think about this. So part of the reason that I don't, always do self-care like not the yoga that's again fairly non-negotiable other things like giving time to myself i feel almost like a little bit of guilt sometimes and this has nothing to do with anybody else other than me no one has ever made me feel guilty but like i go out once a week with some friends so it's just a bunch of moms and we go out with our kids with our husbands and we just either go for a walk or we go for a meal it took me months to say yes to this because I was like, oh, I can't give time to myself. Like, what if my son spills the whole thing of like juice and I have to mop it up? Like really stupid excuses like that. I was like, oh, like, duh, like my husband can clean that up. Like he's a capable human being, right? (laughs) But I would just kind of give myself excuses because I felt bad that I was giving time for myself. And it's almost like if I give myself the morning off to go for a hike or to like go to the Starbucks or something, like I feel guilty, like 
who am I to take this time off and just recharge when everyone else is in a nine to five and they're working so hard? Like that crops up often and I have to let those feelings go. What do you think that stuff is an underlying, like what's behind that? So, you know, when you have those feelings and those thoughts, there are things that are behind that and causing you to feel in that way. What do you think some of those things are? What is that approach to, you know, I don't have the time, I can't do it, like a larger symptom of? I think it has to do partially with my expectation that I have to do it all. And I know I, I mentioned this, like, I think season one, episode four, we'll put that in the show notes, where I'm like, I have to let go of the expectations I can do everything. Like, this is still something I'm working through. Like, the fact that I'm handing off my accounting to somebody else is like a friggin' big ass deal, okay? Like that, I'm letting go of that. So part of it is that I think growing up, my mom was like such a superwoman. Like she did like everything in my eyes, like housework. She was the breadwinner. Like she did her master's degree at night. Like she did all of these things. And so I grew up thinking that this is just what you do. And so sometimes when I, these feelings of guilt crop up, I think, oh, I'm just not doing enough because I'm not like my mom. It sounds so strange, right? Like, but that's Doesn't really what- sounds strange at all. That's like, it how just, that works. Yeah. So that, that's like what's really cropping up. And it's also this, it's kind of like a block where I think making money shouldn't be easy because I've hustled for so many years. And we talked about this pre-recording. I hustled for so many years in this writing business that I'm at the position where I don't have to go, 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 go all the time. I can just kind of like reap the benefits or the rewards of what I've created. And mm-hmm. I can I can step back a little bit, but I have never experienced that. So that's kind of like a new experience for me. And so it feels weird. Yeah, when we were talking pre-recording, you were like, well, I hit that income goal, right? Season one, you're like, I want to make 100K. And you're like, okay, I did it. And yet it's still so hard for me to take that, take my foot off the gas. And there's no judgment in that at all. It's just like, oh, it's so interesting that that has been the your MO for so long that, yeah, it's going to be challenging to step back and say, you know, like what really is enough? You know, if I reach that goal, do I have to? actually continue to work as hard or even at all in the way that you have. So it's really like, I think this is when we can call it self-care. We can call it time to just step back and really reevaluate is the way that you've been operating in the past, how you are going to operate moving forward. And is that even really going to serve you or do you have to, or would it be really helpful to step back and really reorient and say, you know, now that I am where I am, which is a very different place from where I started, what way of being is going to most serve me moving forward? And I would like to answer that question pretty soon. Or is that one of those never ending rhetorical questions that you'll never, ever answer? I don't know. (laughs) I I think you'll answer it and it will be one that will change over time, right? Yeah. As you get to a certain level or you just get to a certain spot in your journey, think of it like hiking up a mountain. You're going to see more from every level that you move up and there's going to be more to see, but also you're going to discover things that you didn't know. And so I think it's, that's, what's cool about it. It's just going to allow you different opportunities to ask different questions, to look at things in a different perspective. So yeah, you can take the perspective where it's like, oh my God, this is everlasting work and it's never going to be over. Or like, oh man, how cool to be able to discover something new at every new place that I find myself. I don't know why that reminds you of when people get out of debt and then they get back into debt. It's almost like, 
oh man, it took them however many years to get out of debt. So it's been the paying off the debt mode, right? There's this money that's always going to a credit card or a student loan or a mortgage. And then when they finally don't have to do that anymore, it's almost like, I don't want to say losing their sense of identity, but it's almost like, what do I do now? And then for some people, there's, I don't want to say guilt, but it's like this feeling and then somehow they get back into debt. And I'm not saying, again, no judgment with that, but it, it just reminds me of that where things do shift. And so like in that case, maybe financial self-care is paying off the debt. And then when you're debt-free, maybe taking that money and investing it somewhere. That's your act of self-care. Yeah, that's a really good example. And because it happens in so many different areas, I think the debt has come to define people in a certain way. And so when that debt is then paid off, like that's been the goal for so long. Like you, I want to make 100K. That was the goal. And then you get there and you're like, okay, but like this doesn't feel exactly how I thought it would feel. And yet also I'm still operating in the way that got me here. So when people get out of debt, they're like, this was the goal for so long. And now actually, can I honor what I really want? Is it okay to put the money towards the things that I want? Or what happens if I slide back? I think that's sometimes when people get back into debt, it's almost this fear or this inability to think of what is possible or that they're deserving or that this is really real. And once again, speaks to the importance of like acknowledging how our minds work in this. And so why it's so important to look at kind of that high level and the emotional and behavioral stuff before kind of getting into the practical. Yeah. And I was just on an interview with one of our previous guests. He has a podcast, so Andy Hill from Marriage, Kids and Money. And so he asked me a question. I didn't think it was, you know, anything I answered it. And so he was asking me like, where do I see myself in five years? What are my financial goals and with my family? And so I mentioned, I really wanted to be FIRE. So FIRE stands for financial independence, retire early. So I said, oh, I really want to be in a position where I don't necessarily have to work. I can choose the work that I love and create this you know, flexible lifestyle and, and all of that. And he follows up with, well, aren't you already living that lifestyle? And that freaking blew my mind. I was like, you are so right. <laughs> I'm like, he is so right that I am living, for the most part, the lifestyle that I want. Like, I, It would be nice to have a higher number because if I completely stop working, I don't have enough money to sustain myself until I'm like 80. But in terms of like having a flexible career, being able to walk my son to and from school, like my husband's in a job that he really likes. We can take vacations. We came out of a month-long road trip in July. Like So all of these things that I want to do when I'm quote-unquote retired, I'm already doing, right? And so it didn't take until I stepped back and was like, I have been really good at self-care. I have to recognize that I've been doing that and that it's okay not to like go, go, go all the time. That's super cool that to realize that, well, I'm already kind of here and then to also then look at, like we talked about, well, what is keeping me in the old way of being? And that will, I think, kind of be that next step for you to really feel it even more. But that is so cool that you've been able to build up to that point where you're like, I'm kind of living what I would be doing, even if I was financially independent. That's yeah, pretty awesome. I, I'm giving I, you a little virtual high five right yay. here. There we go. <laughs> if I give you a high five, I'd like hit my webcam. So it's probably not going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Keep a work. safe distance. A safe distance. Sorry. <laughs> but I think the idea of self-care and I hope what everyone gets from this is that self-care isn't just about making yourself feel good and making like yourself happy in the moment. It's really a way to honor who you are and really what you value and what you want out of your life, like creating a meaningful life and or whatever 
way that you see. It's really just taking little steps. And even if it's just doing yoga, even if it's saying, I'm going to take on less work this month, even if it's like showering, like all of these little things. And if you're a mom, you understand. Or if you're a parent, you understand. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just those things. It's almost like a message you're sending to yourself. Like I'm important enough to do the like these awesome things. Like I'm important enough to save for retirement. I'm important enough to quit this job and find a better one. I'm important enough to save an emergency fund in case I do want to quit and I want to have some runway. So we actually have a request. We would love to hear from you about different ways that you take care of yourself, that you practice self-care and really make yourselves number one. So we love getting feedback. We love hearing how you guys approach what we talk about on the show. And we're actually going to share that on a future episode. So boom, send it in. Sarah, how can they send in the recordings of themselves? Because we'd love to actually have audio recordings so that we could put it on the show. Is that right? Yes. So we will have a page where you can leave a voicemail with all the information where you can do that. So beyondthedollar.co slash call. We will give you all the ways for you to do that. We'll, you can call us. Not in the middle of the night because I will be sleeping, but you can call us and leave a voicemail. (laughs) If Garrett's awake, I'm not responsible. Fair enough. (laughs) And then leave us a message. Or if you don't feel comfortable leaving a voicemail, you can find us on Instagram at beyondthedollar or email us hello at beyondthedollar.co. We'd love to feature it anyways. Yeah. And then we'll just read it. So you could say, hey, Sarah, read this one. Or obviously me because I have that radio voice. And, and we can also take advantage of Garrett's voice impersonations. So we can do like 10 different voices from 10 different listeners. It's all good. Hello. So this is Leslie from... <laughs> please, please don't make me do them. Please don't send in too many or the too many requests because I'm awful at accents and I will offend a huge swath of the population. So please, please record your own voice memos. On that note, Garrett, <laughs> to, to, to finish this episode, how are you using money to live beyond the dollar? Ooh, so funny enough, I actually used money recently to buy myself something I really, really wanted. And for me, I've historically not honored myself and my wants when it comes to money. So again, like I'll invest money for my business, but I won't just get myself things that I want. So I bought this backpack that I was like, I want to semi look like an adult, not wear a sixth grade Jansport around everywhere. And it was old and it made me look 12 and it just wasn't that super functional. So I got this grown adult backpack and it fits everything in it that I want in fantastic little cubbies. And it is so weird. I feel so ridiculous saying this, but like every time I put things in that backpack exactly where they need to go like my heart smiles and it's just like putting that thing on makes you feel so happy and it's so weird because i'm also like i left in new york to move to california with four carry-on bags i don't need a lot of things or i've not allowed myself to have a lot of things so it's just actually a really cool experience to get myself something that i really wanted for a while and see how happy that has made me so it's kind of fun to say, well, is that beyond the dollar? But yeah, it actually has allowed me to honor what it is I've wanted for a while. So that's what I did recently, which was kind of fun. How about you? I'm going to go back to the, I'm a big girl now because I hired an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't know. I'm so, it's so weird. I'm so excited about it just because it's something so seemingly minor because everyone's like, oh yeah, you really should hire an accountant for your business when you reach a certain income or 
you know, yada, yada, yada. But for me, it's so hard to let go of things, like to outsource, because again, I have this expectation that I need to do it all. And then the fact that I'm actually letting that go a little bit is a huge deal. And it was so funny because after I hired the account, then I hired an editor and a fact checker. And then I hired another VA to do like a couple little things before the end of the year. And I was like, I remember getting off the third phone call and I was like, man, I like, I'm rock. Like, I'm like, I can't believe I just did this. <laughs> so it's a huge shift in taking care of myself because if it frees up my time, I can afford it. It will help me bring in more money. Like why not do it? Hmm. So what I heard you say is that the way you were able to live beyond the dollar recently was by letting it go, <laughs> letting it go, didn't have to hold it on anymore. Uh, any opportunity I can take, I'm going to do it. I, I know. And it, you know, and it felt really good today too, because I felt like I was so happy. Like my son actually, he usually sits in a little wagon and I pull the wagon to take him, not to work, what do I say? School. But today we decided to skip all the way to school and it was like it was just so fun it was like a 15 minute little thing but it just lifted my mood and i just feel i feel really good that's awesome mm -hmm. i love that <laughs> well everyone thank you again for listening to another episode of beyond the dollar sarah you're really good at this where can they find us where should they <laughs> head to tell them all the good things well first of all please send us a voicemail beyondthedollar.co slash call or email mm -hmm. us how you prioritize self-care hello beyondthedollar.co or just come on over to beyondthedollar.co we've got all the things there you don't need to go anywhere else all the things include a values-based spending guide, all of our old episodes. We have, again, all the things to check out, show notes as well. So for everything that we mentioned or reference here, we'll make sure that those go in the show notes, beyondthedollar.co. Thanks everyone for checking us out and we will be with you next time on Beyond the Dollar. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Dollar. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Also, if you feel like putting your money towards the things that really matter as a challenge for you, then download our values-based spending guide. You'll gain clarity around what matters most to you in life, be able to name your most important values, and start thinking about how to only put your money toward those things. To download the values-based spending guide, go to www.beyondthedollar.co. Thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar.